Hey, it's Jeff from Brennan Smoke Shop. So this Labor Day is Brennan Smoke Shop's first annual Taxachusetts Relief Day. There'll be no 6.25% sales tax on anything we sell in the store. There'll be no $3.50 excise tax per pack. There'll be no 40% cigar tax. There won't be tax on any accessories we sell. No tax on the vapes, the bongs, the CBD, the pods, the grinders, the pipes. There won't be tax on anything we sell all day this coming Labor Day. Because we're closed. Have a good one. Welcome, Young Jerks, Mike Crawford. Phone number 617-702-2542 is the phone number. Um, not that prepared today, again. I don't know. Off the cuff today. <laughs> I'm admitting it. we got a big guest uh, next week that I wanted to promote, but I, I, I'm not even going to go there. We'll wait till next week. we got a lot going on. Uh, Young Jerks, again, telephone number 617-702-2542 is our telephone number. My name is Mike Crawford. I'm the host. And we have a guest from Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. And they've recently, or he, a group of people, I guess I'm part of it. <laughs> As you, if you listen to last week's show, you definitely know uh, what we're referring to uh, about the billboard. Remember the billboard last week? Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about that with Joseph Gilmore. What's your title with Massachusetts Rec- Recreational Consumer Council. I'm the president. You're the president? Yes. Okay. So uh, what I already started to lead into is why we're having you here. Uh, There's uh, something going on at the Democracy Democracy Center. Yes. Am I right on that? Harvard Uh, Square next Friday night? So, yes, we are calling for a collective boycott against uh, Revolutionary Clinics, which is um, the dispensary that is currently has a lawsuit uh, against the city of Cambridge for their involvement with the... uh, Cambridge Equity Ordinance, uh, which is meant to prioritize people who have been incarcerated for the war on drugs, um, and you, you really, you know, give back or, or create a market exclusively for people who have um, social ec- or no economic empowerment status. Um, and this is important because this is the first time that any municipality or any city in the entire country actually actually you know put this together, um, and. You know, uh, revolutionary clinics, they don't they believe that, you know, the city of Cambridge shouldn't be able to do this. Not only the city of Cambridge, but no municipality should be able to do this. And, uh, you know, and I know a lot of advocacy groups and a lot of people in the community who fought really hard for the language uh, in Mass- MGL um, Chapter 94G, Section 404, which it was in um, the law that passed in Massachusetts when marijuana legalized that. We need to create full participation among the communities harmed by the war on drugs. Um, and out of that law came economic empowerment and uh, social equity. So if the state created you know, this designation for these people and we haven't seen any equity applicants getting licenses or very few, maybe like one or two, then um, we really need to create just exclusive market for so that these people are going to be the actually going to be the ones to to get licenses. So in Cambridge, in the city of Cambridge, what we're talking about here is the city of Cambridge decided that the existing RMDs, the registered um, medical marijuana dispensaries, uh, that are already open, shouldn't get the leg up because they already have a location, they already have licenses, they'd open first. <laughs> if if you know nothing was done, um, and the city of Cambridge decided to make them wait two years and give the first two years to economic empowerment. Right. And so now um, the big dispensary, Revolutionary Clinics in Somerville, right, and Cambridge, 
They're suing in Cambridge, suing the city of Cambridge now. And that's going to put uh, programs like this at risk. Like I'm looking at what just happened in Boston. I'm wondering if that, you know, the fear of the lawsuit scared them in Boston. Um, what, what is that lawsuit? Like, well, why so, are you protesting about a lawsuit? Because yeah. I think some people still might not get the reason why. So um, Revolutionary Clinics believes that they should basically be on the same tier as social equity. You know, they should be prioritized because they got there first. They know how to do this. Um, they've, they've maintained this monopoly on cannabis sales since, you know, since, since medical passed, uh, it was the people who had enough money to get in who actually, you know, were able to get into medical. And now they're in the position to transition to, med to adult use uh, and sort of monopolize that market. Um, so um, we believe that, you know, it shouldn't be these, it, the, the adult use market, question four was, was essentially ran on like a social justice issue on helping the people that, you know, these communities were destroyed by the war on drugs. And now we're saying now that, you know, we should give a priority to the people who had the money all along and people who have been always benefiting. The rich white men, like Keith Cooper, the CEO, owner of Revolutionary Clinics. Uh, the I mean, president of the CDA, the president of the uh, Commonwealth, Commonwealth Dispensary, Dispensary Association, which is a conglomerate, like a group. Which is of the like biggest of the big dispensaries and they're the lobbying group in uh, Massachusetts. And he, like this group, you know Keith Cooper revolutionary clinics they, they've made a lot of money already uh, and we know how big stakes and big money this is because of their campaign the campaign that they waged against this ordinance right like they spent money on the big-time lobbyists they spent money to rent medical cannabis patients to come out yeah. with t-shirts if I could tell you how it got to that point so so uh, MRCC, so we started you know, showing up to a bunch of different um, municipal hearings, um, Cambridge, Somerville, Boston, um, when they were talking about crafting their local ordinances and, and you know, they were talking about social equity. So we, we um, spoke with Councillor Siddiqui, Councillor Zondervan, um, councillors that were focused on equity and we began um, conversation around a social equity ordinance. And um, this be these conversations began back in 2018. So six months later, fast forward, um, I get an email from Councillor Siddiqui saying, hey, um, there's, a, there's a compromise on the table to say that, um, you know, these dispensaries, they don't want this priority, they don't want to be held up by this two-year moratorium. So they're offering a compromise. They're offering um, $5 million collectively um, between all of the dispensaries uh, into a fund that can be used for grants for social equity applicants. Um, so that was their compromise. You know, if you let us bypass this moratorium, then we'll give you this money. Um, and, you know, amongst the community, the, the consensus was that this is not going to be enough money because we know how much money it is to get a dispensary, um, to hold down, uh, you know, host community agreements and, and the real estate and everything. It's just not enough. Um, and For all the applicants. It might be enough for one. Right. But, yeah. All right. It might, it might be for the people who, who get who are at the top tier of social equity, like those people are going to get in, but what about everybody else? You know, so, um, so essentially we're saying, you know, that's not good enough. You need to come back with a way higher number or um, we're just, we're going to go with the original two-year moratorium. Um, and so we show up to this meeting for the first, uh, you know, this is when it started to get heated. This is when the, it was in like the Boston Globe. Um, so uh, 
you know, as Councilor Siddiqui said, call up all the economic empowerment, social equity proponents that you know, make sure that they show up. So, uh, you know, we reached out to our networks, we got some people to show up. Um, and when we arrived there, you know, we came with a group of like maybe like six, 10 people. We showed up and there was like, the room was full. There was like 30, 40 people, all people sitting down in the chairs in the Cambridge City Hall, um, all wearing patient shirts. Right. So the white patient, the infamous white patient shirt. Um, and, and they were essentially there all testifying, saying that, you know, if if Rev Clinics, if Sierra Naturals, if Healthy Farms isn't allowed to convert to adult use, we're going to lose our dispensary. We're going to lose our medicine. We're going to lose the people who are keeping us alive. Which is so alive. funny because so many of those patients, those same people were in those white shirts, argued against legalization. So it's kind of funny how they flip-flop now. Go, it's, go it, there's a lot of like... Under I know things have changed, so that's what they'll say. Things have changed now. Obviously, they have. <laughs> they used to be against the wreck, and now they want the, the medical to go wreck. So, so, I mean, after that, um, sort of about after that city council hearing, uh, the Globe, like, they were super on top of everything and, and what was going on. Um, Dan Adams was, like, you know, checking in on both sides of the story and seeing, you know, fleshing everything out. And it, it turned out that those patient, those people who showed up in that group, um, of people wearing the patient shirts, was hired by Consensus Strategies, um, which is, like, a political organizing group that will help. Yeah, like, they did work on the employees. casinos. Right, so so they they well, helped. Grant points out, uh, Grant Smith too is going to be calling in. I, we we had a call that might have been him. If uh, he wants to call in now, it'd be a good time to definitely call. We have him on the phone. Okay, I'm here, Mike. What's up, Grant? Hey, thanks for having me. I've been enjoying the conversation. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, what's up, Grant? When I start quoting you, I figure it's a good time to bring you in the conversation, right? Of course. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. I uh, had a health scare last week, but I'm grateful that I was able to call in by phone, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. I'm glad you could call in. We uh, hope you're doing better, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to say big shout-out to Grant. Ever, ever since I met Grant, um, whether it's like transcribing for the community to make sure that you know, people can, can understand um, what's going on, as well as just showing up to hearings uh, and being super articulate and, and, and uh, concise as to like what needs to happen, what's going on, and just very analytical. Thank you so much for, for being involved and for helping us out in, in all of our uh, initiatives for equity. And um, Yeah, thanks, thanks for being here. Joe, that really means a lot to me. Um, your organization, and especially yourself, uh, I look up to you guys as sort of the paragons of informed discussion when it comes to the nuance of a lot of this regulatory and legal debates surrounding cannabis alongside Mike, although I know Mike's a little busy with the dogs these days, but I look up to no one more so than you two. So hearing that from you, it really means a lot to me, and I'm very grateful. Thank you, Grant. And uh, Joe's group again, organization is Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council, MRCC is there. You're one of the first people who've ever gotten to write on a radio I had to show. write it down because I screwed it up like <laughs> 8 million times before. I, I have no notes today, but I made sure I wrote two things down, the Thank phone you. number and that, because that's all I need to know. So, uh, Grant, do you have something you want to ask Joe about or bring up in discussion? I mean, you're, you're part of this, so I don't even know where to go. Where do you want to go? Well, you know, I was just, uh, I didn't mean to kind of interrupt because uh, Joe was doing a great job giving the backstory to Cambridge, um, uh, just to weigh in kind of a little bit. So the Cambridge situation was really interesting. Um, it was actually because of Joe's call to action 
that I got involved. Um, another great warrior in the cannabis community, Ed D'Souza, uh, actually shared Joe's post uh, explaining way back, I think it was in uh, June or July uh, over the summer, when this sort of uh, ordinance was first being discussed. And uh, what's really interesting about it is initially when the proposal was made in Cambridge, like Joe was saying, there were kind of two competing proposals. One was the original Zondervan and Siddiqui proposal, which was a two-year moratorium for equity applicants. And then uh, this sort of compromise proposal was brought about uh, where Councillor Simmons, uh, working with some dispensaries, uh, proposed that there would be this kind of voluntary uh, fund that the dispensaries would oversee. And in exchange for contributing to that fund, I believe it was $1 million or so each, uh, the dispensaries would get access to the priority period. And like Joe was saying, they used some tactics um, that raised a lot of eyebrows. Uh, they hired that consensus strategies firm. They um, were sending out mailers that uh, had the city seal on them, which is actually uh, apparently a violation of a local city ordinance. They spent a lot and, of money. They spent a lot of money yeah. on, on making sure that this ordinance uh, went in their favor. Very um, shady. And that was shady. That's shady stuff to do that. Yeah, uh, what, right. I'm sorry, yeah. go on. Sorry, Joe, go ahead. Oh, that's what raised my eyebrow. Uh, that's what really uh, sort of drew me into this. Uh, I, Joe saying originally that you know it was important brought me in, and then watching how much money they were willing to spend to try to undermine this priority period made me realize there's something up here. And so that's really when... Uh, Joe and I, over the course of, I think it was five months, attended what must have been five or six different hearings about this. Yeah, and they would, like, announce the, the meetings, like, three Night days, before, three yeah. days be two days before. Yeah. Uh, so for the people who were involved and showed up, like, big shout-out to everybody that was involved as well. And you had a good turnout, definitely. Yeah, um, you know, um, it was just, like, hammering away every time. and, and um, Some great speakers, young people, too. And it, I, I just could see it, like, because I watched it at home after, you know, on the video that they have, Cambridge uh, CCC. And we played a lot of it on our podcast. A lot of good speakers, people who right, know uh, what's up. Right, like the, uh, like, economic empowerment applicants, social equity uh, participants, the commissioner, like, Shalene came out. Yeah, Shalene and, and she specifically testified, like, hey, this is something that we put in our guidance to say that municipalities can do this to pri prioritize equity. Um, and not only Shalene, so... Um, there were the general council, council when they were asked uh, whether whether this is permissible. From from what I understand, they said that they are, you're allowed to have this priority period based on the guidance that the CCC has. The issue that they had was uh, what to what to do with like money. what to do with the money. I remember who, that. Who to give the Boston money to? Doesn't seem to have that issue. It's funny how different uh, <laughs> right? attorneys view different things in the cities because we run up against this on all kinds of issues. Uh, Cambridge City Attorney always says no to things. Happened with the EMF building. Uh, Those same uh, gentlemen. Six one seven seven zero two two five four two is our phone number. Mike Crawford here hosting. I got two guests here. One in studio. One on the phone. Grant Smith, regular uh, listener, supporter, team member of ours. But he's also a guest today because we're talking about this uh, event. Well, we call it a protest, a boycott. What what is it we call it? I would say it's a, an official boycott. An official um, boycott. This is. Uh, 
like absolutely necessary, I think, uh, th this sort of conversation and discussion to talk about uh, conscious consumerism and, and who are we going to support with right. our dollars? I'll tell you right that I'm already boycotting. I've been boycotting them for a while, but once this happened, it made it official. Uh, and I, I'm asking people to join this boycott. We're saying, don't, with all the options, and if you need some other options, call me. I'll, hit me up. I'll, I'll help you out there. And like, how have don't you? Don't go to revolutionary clinics, though. That's, <laughs> like, the, like that's the one we're boycotting. We're, we're saying that this is a boycott, and uh, Friday night, this fr upcoming Friday night, what time? Six o'clock? Seven o'clock? Six, Six to eight. We're going to have eight. some pizza if you want to come through. Some pizza. I'm going to be there, hopefully. Uh, some other great speakers. Do, do you know who some of the people who are going to be speaking there at? Yeah, um, so both uh, city councillors who were on board, uh, Councillor Siddiqui and Councillor Zondervan. Awesome. Are, are, we uh, love Quentin. Yeah, so they're... I like them both, but Quentin we love because he keeps coming back on the show. They're, they're like very outspoken, very progressive people. Awesome who are, people pushing for like real real policies um as well as so have you reached out to uh the new city council to uh javon have not, I, that's i bet he'll do it he's all about equity social justice jeevan yeah so, we'll reach out to jeevan too um uh in addition to like um you know public officials we have uh, some local cannabis businesses um you know the you know bean town green town oh they're coming down yeah they they are one of the them. groups that uh you know what we've seen like they they started from the bottom and like you know they're they've built been building up they got their host community and uh, things are moving along for them and now you know they're saying that you know it's not right for you to to put your profits over over social equity awesome um i know uh ed d'souza uh, oh, i'm psyched because i never get to go out i'm just so busy but i've carved this aside and it turns out personally my um girlfriend has we never have people at our place. We had a beautiful place, but we never have people there. And she's having what they call, you know, the family girls night on Friday night. And I just want to be out of there. I was just <laughs> all like, honey, I got something planned. I'm going to the democracy center. Yeah. So Friday th night, this spot uh, specifically is where people have had discussions to not like, like, yeah, I want to say revolution, but like, like to do something that is going to change the status quo. Nothing wrong with girls' night either. Just not for me. This, you know. <laughs> and it it actually goes to a much bigger issue. Uh, I think Joe can speak to this a little bit as well. So the priority periods here for economic empowerment applicants. Um, it's really crucial because, uh, for those who aren't aware, on the state level, there are not a lot of economic empowerment or social equity or even micro-businesses that have been licensed. I think out of every single approved state-level license, only one of them right now is an economic empowerment applicant, and I don't even think they're open yet. And uh, the reason why this is happening is that although economic empowerment applicants have priority status on the state level, there's so many municipal hurdles that only the big corporations are really getting through. Yeah. And so uh, this, this priority period, I've actually heard from a local economic empowerment applicant that her lawyers told her that after the priority period passed, the big guys started pulling out of Cambridge, and she now actually has a chance to get through the municipal process in Cambridge and get a state license because of this priority period. Hmm. Good news. And so, again, Friday night, 6 p.m., Democracy Center. That's uh, Harvard Square, right? Yeah, right in Cambridge. Right in Cambridge. What is that, Jake, JFK? What, what street is it? 45 Mount Auburn Street in go. Cambridge. 
which is right there at, at Harvard Square. Easy to get to. You can take the T, the red line to Harvard Square, and it's a very short walk. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so this boycott protest, you ex like we heard uh, Dan Adams covered this pretty extensively for the Boston Globe, did a really good job, and uh, we know he commented on our live feed, so he's watching. Uh, do you think there's going to be any news coverage of this? I would, I would welcome it. Uh, I want to welcome this conversation as to, like, um, you know, are we okay with paying $350 for a subpar product um, that's grown in a super giant facility that isn't grown with love and care? Um, when you could turn around and where have you, getting your, where have you been getting your cannabis all along? Um, whether it's been a caregiver, whether it's growing it yourself, uh, those are the initiatives that I want to really start focusing on because uh, as we've seen who's getting licensed, it's, it's the same people and their connected buddies and people who have been in power all along. So I really want to push the conversation of, all right, this isn't working. So where are we going to put our money? And I'm boycotting. I, I think, why should you shop at that place? Like, there's so many, even if you're going to go to another legal dispensary, choose another one. Don't go to revolutionary clinics. They've already proven, like, they're suing the city of Cambridge because they didn't get their way. And they're already open. They're serving medical patients. They're not doing a good job at that. They should actually do a better job at that and, and then worry about recreational later, my opinion, as a patient. Um, they have a billboard right now that I drive by on 93, and it says, uh, let's get this right, don't drive high. Have you seen that? I have not, no. Have, have you seen it or heard about this, Grant? No, I certainly heard you express your uh, fervent distaste for it last week. What do you What do you think about that billboard, though? Because I want to hear what other people think about that, just, just that message on the billboard besides me because i obviously i've said what i said i i can see why they have it up right because they want to convey the image to the regulators that you know they're trying to clamp down on driving high but i think it's really condescending you know it it, it, it could have been done in a way that isn't insulting and i think it's a little bit degrading as it is especially at a place that doesn't get it right for the patients for the pricing for this BS lawsuit against the city of Cambridge, the city of Cambridge, which was one of the first cities in Massachusetts to say, you know what, you can open your medical dispensary here. I was there. I was there. I was, I was leading the way. I was the one introducing um, the dispensaries to the city councilors right on the show. You heard it. And to me, it's disgusting that I feel like we let in the big bad wolf. And that's why I'm showing up to this because uh, I feel like we got used by these and and they're sitting there pointing the finger at us. How are you gonna uh, How are you gonna say, you know, how are you gonna put money into a lawsuit and and pay for lawyers when you could just put that money towards social equity? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't understand uh, their their sort of logic because the, you know we were at a Harvest Cup right we had our table and we had like some rev clinics reps come up to us and be like, hey you know what can we do to you know sort this out. Um, you know, this is really going to devastate us. Drop this the lawsuit. Is, that's it. It's drop the lawsuit. And we also want you to make actual efforts towards social equity, towards uh, repairing the, the, the harms of the war on drugs. And you do that through money. Like, you have to do it through, uh, you know, putting, putting money towards something that's actually going to help people. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think that uh, a one-time contribution to... to to bypass exclusivity is enough. It should be something that's annual. 
um, you know, that could be a part of your positive impact plan. Just one point on that, Joe. One of the really interesting things that happened during mm -hmm. uh, this process that kind of went under the radar was that so part of the way that they were proposing this, uh, the dispensaries were proposing their equity fund was that they were going to have this voluntary agreement with a nonprofit, right, to oversee the fund. And one of the strangest things that happened during the process was that the Councillor Simmons actually wrote in a formal submission to the council that the dispensaries had signed a contract with the Central Square Business Improvement District to oversee this voluntary equity fund. And two days after she submitted that letter, the Business Improvement District sent a letter themselves to the City Council saying, wait a minute, we, not only did we not sign a contract, we haven't even spoken to these people. Yeah, so they and lied. So that made me wonder whether or not that voluntary fund was actually going to be used as right. kind of a slush fund. How can fund. you trust them, too? It's totally. Uh, Grant, uh, I want to thank you for yep. calling in today. Um, we also have some other callers calling in, right? Uh, we can't take two at a time, is that right? Okay. So um, we're going to tell the callers just to hold on. I know people are trying to get through right now. Uh, we're going to keep Grant on for a little longer. Oh, you hung up the phone on Grant. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't mean that to happen. So who do we have on the phone? We'll see who's on the phone. <laughs> Hi, who's on the phone? Hey, how you doing, Irving? Irving. What's up, Irving? Not much. Um, I have a call for you and everybody online right now. Great. I have a question. Excuse me. Um, how do you feel about, like, uh, leadership in the black and brown community being... I want to call them special interests to be put it nicely, who are like politically connected, people who come from the criminal justice um, atmosphere, and why do they have such a big uh, share in the pie, and why do they get to have such a great initiative and platform, whatever they feel, in my opinion, which is quite often wrong. Um, are you? Are you? I, I want to ask you because um, we got Joe Gilmore here, so I definitely want to have him answer. But uh, are you specifically thinking of someone? Because I can think of somebody right off the top of my head. Uh, what do you want me? To, uh, you know, the, the the chief with no Indians, um, you know, of no tribe. Uh, you know, Tito. There's a bunch of players. Uh, Cabral. Like, like, why? Why are these people having all of everything they want? be put forth and, and slide right in, you know, being catered to. And a lot of them before. Um, I think that uh, the people who have licenses right now or have host community agreements, like the people who got to the door first, they shook hands and they main, stayed neutral with the people who they were supposed to be, uh, you know, in agreement with. When 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 the, when the time was like you got to take a stand or you don't take a stand, they didn't take a stand. Uh, and and I'm, t I'm talking about the people who are like, you know, they got to the door first. They already have everything ready to go. They're good. And they're not really fighting. They're not really struggling right now. Um, I think that uh, it, it is not in the spirit of the law to, to just give licenses to the top tiers of, of, um, of our communities. Um, equity is supposed to be about helping everybody, even at the bottom. The people at the bottom should be progressing faster than the people up top. So I don't see that going on right now. And um, the only way that we're going to uh, um, get to the actual place we're supposed to be is by calling things out and, and asking people. You know. Right. I mean, I would uh, say, you know, I know Tito. I, I'm, I consider myself friends with him. 
Um, I like Tito, definitely. But, you know, I, I think it's there is a difference between someone who didn't support social justice before. You know, now it's in their financial interest. I think someone like Tito did support us, uh, at least legalization. He was on, you know, he was one of the few elected officials to support it. I don't know about Andrew Cabral, but Tito definitely did support us. Okay. Um, but I also think, let me let me finish my thought, because I, I also think this is multifaceted. I think that they could do more. Like, my advice would be to them to actually, number one, they should want everyone to open. Like, that. that's what I think is hurting everybody. I think it hurts them just as much, even though people don't think it does. I think that reputation-wise and business-wise, I think if everyone got to open, everyone would do awesome. And I think that's what they should be pushing for. And I think that they should also ask for, th like in Boston, where Tito has power. And I think P Tito still has political power. Um, and if I have Tito back on the show, the first thing we're going to ask him is, will you lift this half-mile uh, buffer limit? Because I think that's going to stop a lot of economic empowerment applicants because there's one, two, three of them next to each other. And there's a half-mile buffer zone, so whoever gets to open first... I don't know if Tito, Tito has the power to do that. Like, that's something we have to go well, through. Well, it's something that he can raise. Right, like, yeah. I think he has a, a bully pulpit where he can go to Kim Janey and go to some of these other city councils and have meetings with them and say, you know what, I'm getting flack because I don't want to be the first to open because my all these other guys won't get to open. They'll be mad at me. So you need to make this fear, fear you know, more just for everybody and and just let's get rid of number one a half mile buffer zone i mean that just makes so much sense and Definitely. i think someone like Definitely. tito if he starts speaking out on that i think he can maybe allow some fears um another issue i think would be uh for you know a community co-op program or ancillary uh infrastructure for like people like me who are, who are boxed out of it and who would most be beneficial for any type of equity. A lot of us can't even apply to the program for various reasons. A lot of it, like, in my opinion, bullshit, but, you know. So can we focus on uh, ancillary infrastructure or co-op programs? That way everyone could have their fair share of equity. So I think what, what, what he's referring, referring to is that there are a large number of people who don't qualify for economic empowerment because it was only a two-week window. So only the people who were in the know could actually apply. You got that apply. paperwork in, like, and that had it together in a two-week window, right? Right. So only 123 people qualified for for economic empowerment, and to say that those are the only people that need to be prioritized by the war on drugs is wrong. Um, that window needs to either be opened, or uh, you know, reevaluated, um, because there are way too many people who are just like, oh, yeah, weed's legal, but I don't know what the hell's going on, and they should be benefiting. They should be like. You know, money should be going towards them. Irving, have you tried to, uh, like, wh where are you in this process? Oh, I'm, I don't apply. I have a, a, a crime. Because of my crime, I'm not applicable at all. I can't even get looked at. But mm. I'm talking about, like, other people who could be, you know, potentially work for it. They can't even apply anymore. You know, that is, that is short window, I think. If you really want to help people, why would you make it that short? Right, that's something that the Cannabis Control Commission ha would have to revisit. Is that correct, Joe? Uh, to the economic department, I think that's the state. The state, the state yeah. has oh, to. So there's a whole state, not even the, it's over the Cannabis Control Commission. Yeah, I believe that's the legislation. It's crazy. It's uh, I, I just wish they would make it simple that everyone open, make that the priority. It just doesn't. It's not there. Or if you can't, just grow it yourself and gift. Yeah. 
Like, uh, get educated. I, I brought that up for a reason. You know, if we get everyone educated and everyone growing, you don't have to, to fuck with uh, a horrible company like Revolutionary Clinic. That's right. I mean, everyone will have their own week which will be way better than whatever the crap you're paying in line, waiting in line for an hour for, you know, but we're seeing a lot more of that. I mean, myself as a patient, that's why I don't go to places like revolutionary clinics. I'm either going to Maine or I'm going to a, a friend that's a small grower. I mean, there's a lot of them now and they're hundred percent legal. They can grow 12 plants without a license and with a medical license, they can often grow more than that. So there's a lot of people growing and uh, that's where I would say, that would be my advice to the, or those folks, Irving. Exactly. I think yep. you, you nailed it, is that they need to start learning to grow themselves and uh, go that route. And just be careful. You know, just keep it down, the limits. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a yeah, certain yeah. amount that right. you're not going to get any prosecution anymore. You go over that, then, you know, you're looking at the feds yeah. and state charges. But. Yeah, but uh, you mentioned Maine, and we have a friend out there, Uncle Pete. Um from on IG, he's very he's he's wonderful. He always donates to MRCC. Oh yeah, shout out money. to Uncle Pete. And that's the thing about these craft growers, is, is like you know, Apple Guy Flowers, uh, Fuego Boss, Dank Ethics. They, uh, these people thanks. just come and gift you weed because they want to show you the, the 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 products that they've been working on all year. And so big shout out to all the craft growers. Definitely, um, and the ones that are helping out the patients too, because they come to me and help out patients as well that I know, and I love it. Yeah, weed helps people. The weed gets people out to do things. Thank you. Advocacy, you know, help. It goes hand in hand with that as well. I, you know, I I had put a post jokingly on Facebook. I was like, "Hey, come testify for equity, and I'll gift you a gram." Right, and and then so the city council. It sounds like something I I might do. Something I might pull this, since I have given out a lot of weed. I, I've seen that. Yeah, we but, do. So we got to bring that back. In the spring, we're doing the uh, free cannabis giveaways again. And you know what? I think number one place we should start is right in front of Revolutionary Clinics. Right. So, the, hey, so this was during the Cambridge hearings, right? I said, hey, I'll give you a gram. Somebody on in their camp printed out a stack of, of like me saying Flyers. that on Facebook. And they put it uh, at City Hall. Another like, shady move. They're like, hey, look at this kid. He's good. He said he's, he's giving And they made it look really shady. But you were just like, come on, give me a break. And they, they were sitting there giving out free pizza and free T-shirts. Like, give me a break. Yeah. they were like a law, gifting. Yeah. Yeah, and, they, and then they were, how much money were they giving to the uh, that group that you mentioned, the lobbying group, probably $50,000, and they're talking about grams of weed. <laughs> I, I don't know that, man. I don't know if that number was in there, but I know that a, a, a figure that was in the article, the Boston Globe article, was that uh, Sierra Naturals is anticipated to make like $90 million right, in right, the first year. Right. So, like, it's not like you and guys are mad someone's giving away a few grams. Yeah. Thank you for calling in, Irving. Anything, Thank you. I appreciate it. Anything else do you want to leave us with before we... Oh, uh, uh, yeah. If people can, you know, tune in to me on Dark Matter Media on IG. Um, we're having an event next week on uh, at the Art Plug. A lot of the people I talked about are going to be vending. You know, um, come out, enjoy a good time. We're going to have an auction. We're going to, you know, uh, help each other, fight the good fight, and, you know... I appreciate everything you two are doing. Where is that at, Irving? Because I heard of Dark Matter. Uh, now I'm realizing yeah, who you Dark are. Yeah, Dark Matter Media on IG. Instagram? And, uh, yep, on Instagram. And uh, I'll have, uh, you can find all the information on the party on there on my uh, my bio. Again, thank you, too. Have a great evening. Thank you, Peace Irving. Out, Irv. And so super critical is independent media. So uh, Irv started out 
Dark Matters Media last year after being involved with National Expungement Week. He's been doing that ever since, covering like the just what happens on uh, uh, like the raw uncut of the cannabis industry. It's like this is what's going on, and and this is like what they're sort of not covering. Um, so uh, I think it's important for people to tell their own stories, and just like the Young Jerks, like if the Young Jerks didn't exist, then these sort of conversations and dialogues wouldn't wouldn't happen and uh, so it's very critical that we tell our own story perfect and we're speaking to uh, Joseph Gilmore with Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council he is now the president uh, we're taking phone calls 617-702-2542 let's see who's on the line now hello this is uh, Chauncey Spencer what's up Chauncey hey what's up Joe and what's up uh, uh, everybody out there in the world of the uh, young jerk thank you Chauncey what's up what do you got for us well, of course, I needed to um, ask Joe, why was it okay to do a moratorium in Cambridge but not support one in Boston? So, I, uh, can I just say, I, I had that question on my list, and I'm glad you asked it. Thank you. So, in Cambridge, the initial language was for a moratorium. Um, and then there was a lot of switching up of the ordinance and going back and forth um, until it finally reached to the point where they just landed on the moratorium. Uh, in Boston, there were conversations to create a board, to create a fund, um, and the topic of exclusivity for um, so economic empowerment, social equity, didn't really come until the decision came out of Cambridge. And that was like maybe a week before, or maybe a couple weeks before, um, you know, they were starting to finalize the, the Boston ordinance. So that, like wasn't a concept that was like a lot of the people in the community were pushing it during the times of the conversations um, with Councillor Janey. Um, and so I think that if people had brought that to the converse, to the table earlier, then that would be something that we would have pushed for. But like to come in at the 11th hour and to say that, you know, we should do this. Um, yeah, totally, totally understandable. Um, however, I mean, they were on the opposite side of doing a moratorium. They were on the, on the side of doing away with economic empowerment priority status. And, you know, there were a lot of EEs like myself in place ready to go. And we are a disadvantaged group, right? You know, we've been holding on our locations for about a year and a half plus. And for us to lose our priority, because that was 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 going on, those were the discussions that were going on, quite the opposite. And those were being done or uh, being uh, pushed forward by people like Mike Ross, who are um, actively working against economic empowerment um, applicants in this space. So that's the source of that stuff, you know? And Mike, um, Mike Ross um, is a former Boston City Councilor. I like him, a good guy, attorney. But now he works for, what, Prince Lobel. Uh, he has done work for Patriot Care. All the big guys. <laughs> and some of the, yeah. If there's other, a big he, guy. He, he's been hired pretty much by every big guy that's come before Boston. Yeah. So go yeah, ahead. So he was cited in, in the, the the ordinance. Um, and the uh, um, they 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 brought him out there. Flaherty brought him out there, you know, and and brought him and Tito out there to uh, uh, argue for um, or against economic empowerment. And he works for um, Tito too, because <laughs> uh, because of, of some of the reasons why, um, you know, Joe just brought up was that not enough people uh, got through to sign up for economic empowerment um, status. However, the vast majority of EEs were Boston based. And there are only a hand. There, honestly, there are only 26 potential locations available, but there are dozens upon dozens of EEs in Boston, and and there's probably um, half a dozen of them I know off the top of my head that are trying to open up in Boston who I 
locations have been sitting on them. So when we had our EE priority status stripped from us, we were disadvantaged. So if anyone was trying to help us, they, they, they didn't speak up, except for, for the, the ones who, did, who, who uh, recognized the fact that, that that was happening. And we didn't find that out until the last hour. And I did go to you, Joe, and ask you for your support. I asked Eileen Title for her support. I asked several for their support for the, so they would not strip us far from our, our priority status. And we got nothing. It fell on deaf ears because people wanted to uh, uh, create this social equity program that ended up doing what? I think that you need. The whole if I could, if I could respond, I think that uh, you just what you need to understand is there's a due process with legislation, and there's a way that that legislation is either built or or kicked to the side. And we brought a bunch of things to Kim Janey's office, right? And she was like, "No, this is going to kill our bill if you push this." And we were like. We need to be stay stick with this two to one, and like we need to be pushing for way more things. Like we need to have control of this uh, marijuana board. So there is, it's not you can't really say that everything that uh, Kim Janey um, put in her ordinance was something that MRCC supported. You know, we we told her that we want to make sure that there is as much priority as possible for people that were harmed by the war on drugs, and. Um, you know, it's really just up to as, as many people as possible to go to the council and, and speak to them because we're only one group. It's not like we have, we're, we have, we're decision makers, but we were active since the beginning of, of them, you know, starting to talk about cannabis in, in creating dialogue around, uh, you know, promoting social equity. So. Like you fell on the, the wrong side of all of this, given that there are people who were actually hurt by this and they were the most affected by this because they've been sitting back waiting. You've been waiting. We don't have a lot of money, and we've been waiting a year and a half, and then to restart the clock over. But you did. Say, yeah. Let me know, let me it, just cut in. But you did get it in the end. I mean, there was a compromise, right? Where you do get the one to one. Oh no, we didn't get it. We lost it. We lost our priority status. I thought yeah, we should have just stuck with the mayor. What the what the mayor was doing. You know, he was he seemed to be moving forward with our economic empowerment. He spoke the language of economic empowerment priority status, and then we rejigged it, and all of a sudden it's all gone. You know, so we didn't. We only thing that we won was to make sure that there was an actual one-to-one. And that was, that was what we want. Everyone, they, they, you know, big business got exactly what they want. So, so there's a one-to-one now, but now instead of it being economic empowerment, it's the Boston Equity Applicant Certification. So in order to fulfill those requirements, there are things like, um, you know, if you're an economic empowerment applicant, then that's weighted into your, right, uh, into your criteria. Um, no, it's not weighted. Well, it, it's, it's, it's it is a, a, if, if you meet if you meet uh, I think believe it's like three or three out of seven three out of six three out of six um, then then you know you qualify as an equity applicant but when you're scored at the end like when you're scored to get a license if you have uh, you're going to be scored based on like your ability to have like a diverse workforce um, your 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 ownership is it local um, these things are already included in an economic empowerments. Um, you know, what, what they're required to do based on being an economic empowerment uh, applicant. So for EE applicants to apply, they're, they're already going to be scored higher based on, um, you know, having a local work, workforce and, and being local residents. Um, so in, in a, what Kim Janey uh, communicated what she was trying to do was include people who would have qualified for economic empowerment but didn't meet the window. Yeah, so basically now it, it, it puts more, it, it makes it a level playing field, but making it a level play, playing field with people who are just starting the clock or are just coming into this space now, um, who are likely going to be um, handpicked by large corporations 
to move forward in this space, that 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 just disadvantages us, you know, because they're going to be flying in from God knows where and trying to to to. Oh, I shouldn't say they've been going to try and to fly in. Excuse me. We did make sure that they um they corrected that language on the uh, uh, one year residency. Um, but anyhow, what we end up having is people who are politically connected. We're going to be competing with them. And as I was, well, we, we already I are. I mean, but what about like Irv's cousin who didn't know about the economic empowerment, like to qual- to to you know to um, to be eligible for it? He didn't know, but he does qualify. There, there should, yeah, there should have been a, a conversation about exactly those types of situations. But what ended up happening was that people who are already in line got stripped right underneath their feet and have to start the clock back over. We don't know where we stand now, you know. And then now people who didn't know should be privileged, also. Because they, they, we can't compete with folks, folks who are coming in with um, being backed by corporations. Because that's what's going to happen. I don't think you know if you, if you understand how it is on the ground. Absolutely. Corporations <laughs> are picking us off. Yeah, we've been seeing one. it since 2016. So my question is, what is the plan? To, what's the plan going forward? Like, what's the strategy now? I like that question. I like that question. And we can have that one offline. Awesome. Sure. I, I really I like your call, Chauncey. I love you. Thanks for calling in. All right, thanks, man. That's Chauncey Spencer. He's a uh, Boston applicant, economic empowerment. He's been on the show, a guest. Uh, the 420 is his going to be his dispensary if he gets open in Boston. Some great, great talk there. 617-702-2542 is our phone number if you want to call in. If Grant Smith wants to call back in or any other callers, we're getting a lot of callers. We can only take one at a time. So if you called earlier and you just got the ringing signal, you can call now. We have an open phone line. Again, we're with uh, Joseph Gilmore, Massachusetts uh, Recreational Consumer Council. Smoke local. What is it? Smoke local. Smoke local. That's right. And uh, grow local if you can. But definitely smoke it local. <laughs> That's what I do. I smoke it all over the Commonwealth. That might be my 2020 um, resolution to, I don't know if I stop smoking blunts. Oh, really? um, because blunts are not very good for your health. Yeah. But um, considering, uh, even though there's a like big controversy over vaping, like switching over to dry herb vape, I don't know right. if you ever tried that. Oh, I love dry herb. We've, we recently had Vapor Brothers on, and they have a world-famous dry vaporizer, dry flower vaporizer that I'm very you know familiar with. They used to sponsor our old show, and we used to use it in the old studio at Unregular Radio, the Two Hotheads show, right on the, right on the show. And... Uh, their sales actually went up. Oh wow! After this vape controversy, because it's actually like the safer alternative. Yeah. And uh, you know they've done a lot of research on their product, and he he's really health conscious. Who's on the phone now? Vapes. Hey guys, it's Lady J. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Lady J? Hey. My favorite medical patient. Yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? Awesome. Good. And Lady J um, came by for the city council hearings in Cambridge too, testifying on behalf of like the real patients like <laughs> she was a real patient i'm a real patient i'm a real activist and something you guys might know know about me is the only time i've ever been in trouble with the law other than like a parking ticket has been over cannabis <laughs> um, when i was i got caught in uh, i think we're losing you um and it's can you, you guys hear me? Yes, you you go in and out. You you sound good now. Go. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. So, like I was saying, the only time I've ever been in trouble with the law, other than maybe like a speeding ticket, has been over cannabis. Mm. Um, I was 
in my very young 20s with a group of friends, and we literally had grandma weed in a park, which was stupid of us. And before decriminalization happened, um, basically the long story short of it is that um, we need to um, boycotting all dispensaries until Massachusetts gets, gets their crap together. You know, we have to we have to be boycotting all major corporations until we start seeing the social equity, the um, the you know the justice that we need in in the reform that we need in our system. Maybe onto something. I think it is on us uh, or people, the consumers, to come up with something uh, like we need to ask. Like, unless you do this, then you're not going to get our money. And like, unless you're following these set of things, then we're not going to. Buy your weed because we already have a place to get weed. That's right. So. Well, I guess my point is is that uh, we just got to keep speaking on the issues out in public until things start to change, until people start to realize that changes are needed in our state, and it's not just on a on a social equity standpoint, but also on patient standpoint. You know, Definitely. I'm not going to go and support any dispensary that isn't supporting patients. Definitely. Especially if those uh, dispensaries... drop the prices for patients, too. That's the other thing. Like, uh. where do people get their, their stuff before dispensaries? I, I remember there is like there used to be delivery services, right? They're still there. And they're definitely still there. And they beat the dispensaries on price and quality and convenience and service. Absolutely. Oftentimes. I want to thank I'll Lady J for calling in. Uh, your phone is still a little wonky, but you are awesome. We love you. Um... I, I want to ask you one last thing too. Oh, you, you're uh, writing now, doing like product reviews and things like that, right? Yes, um, my brand, The Secret Stoner, has just got approved to start writing uh, reviews in Thirteen Folds Magazine, which is the Rhode Island Normal Magazine, and uh, we're really excited about doing product strain reviews. We're doing. Um, basically everything and anything that the black market cannabis industry can throw at us. So you've got events, you've got products, you've got um, services, and, of course, you've got springs and edibles and all that fun stuff. So, awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, I'll, I'll definitely look for that. Um, we'd also like to hire maybe, too. So if you, if you need more, more uh, writing work. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you guys, you guys are great. Mike, I love you. And Joe, you're the man. Keep up the good work. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you, Lady J. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. So everyone seems to know what we're talking about today. We haven't had to do any explanation. They all have their own opinion. 617-702-2542. If you want to weigh in, uh, there's also been some comments online. Uh, I love that Dan Adams from the Boston Globe uh, posted a story uh, about the billboard with a picture of the uh, billboard uh, from Revolutionary Clinics that we were talking about, and it says, let's do this right. Don't drive high. Rev Clinic Somerville. Hmm. I'll give that phone number if you want to call in and tell them that you don't like their uh, billboard. 617-213-6006. You can call Rev Clinics and tell them to F off <laughs> <laughs> and ask them to do it right. You know, I'm just... Dan Adams also uh, commented that um, he was going to be covering Friday night. He is covering this story for the Globe, so uh, oh, nice. that's a good sign. Hopefully there's going to be some uh, good news coverage of this. Again, we're talking about a boycott, and it's going to be an event on Friday night at 6 p.m. It's free. Anyone can come down, right? Yep. 
Democracy it's, Center, six six to eight. Uh, I forget the address, but it is the, at the Democracy Center in Cambridge on Mount Auburn Street. And we're calling out all consumers, all growers, all business owners, uh, anybody who supports small local craft cultivators to come out and, and make sure that uh, we get on the same page as to where we're putting our money. Uh, a lot of us haven't been going to the dispensaries anyways, but we just want to you know, put it down on paper that, like, hey. That's right. Like me. I haven't been going, but I'm putting it down on paper now. We have another call. Who's on the phone? Hi, this is Dominique. Oh, Dominique. Yes. Hey, how you Dominique. doing? How are you guys? Good. So I just was, I'm watching a video, and I just wanted to point out the fact um, a lot of people keep saying, like, as if economic empowerment applicants are acting as if no one else deserves this opportunity or was affected by the war on drugs directly or indirectly, and we know this is wrong, and that's why the social equity, the state social equity program is an ongoing rolling program where these people can apply and get uh, um, get their licenses and get technical assistance that economic empowerment applicants aren't able to get. So I think people need to stop using that as an excuse, um, kind of to kind of like make it like it's a battle between us, um, us as economic empowerment applicants and the state social equity applicants that met up. We understood that th this isn't a battle thing. Um, and we know that the way we wrote it out was an exclusivity period um, for not only economic empowerment people, but state-approved social equity people. Well, and how the long? criteria um, for the economic empowerment people for a year, and then um, state-approved state social equity a year after that. And our criteria was really... Um, prioritize, you know, people that have been affected by the war on drugs and black and brown people, cooperative businesses, um, disadvantaged business enterprises, and things like that, like true equity. Um, so I just think that, that, like, I just have to say, like, that's excuse one. And to say that people came too late is another excuse, because when we came to Cambridge, we were late coming to Cambridge, but we work, people work. But when you could contact us and told us you needed us there to support you, we came. We came meeting meet you guys, me, Chauncey, other people came and we met you guys. And other state-approved people, um, I can't remember the other people from Taunton right now that were trying to open in Cambridge, too. The point is we fought for that. And in Cambridge, it was a little messed up, and the exclusivity period was only for economic empowerment. So we formed it right for Boston, where it would include economic empowerment and social equity, state-approved social equity, and then still prioritize people like that really been affected by this. And we spoke to you, Joey, when we were at Cambridge and told you and said, I said, this is dumb to go one for one. Not even just you. I said this to other people there. But this is, we're not going to just go town for town. We need to be pushing the statewide. And you guys are like, oh, Cambridge sets the tone. So I, I agree. I agree with out. you uh, in terms of your, your criteria of who we need to be prioritizing. I think that's a great list to be going forward with. But you can't just, just you can't, you can't go into, support. you can't go into uh a game at the 11th inning and say that we have to do it this way because when you say that you came into the equation late in Cambridge no this is something that's been going on since 2018 that MRCC has been involved in um, but you yeah, you, so you, you have to understand you, just, you know you know what the difference I think this is me like I, I have nothing to do with either of the sides you guys are discussing here but just my experience from knowing the city councilors and knowing that I think that what you have in Cambridge is two city councilors with a backbone. 
And in Boston, I don't see it. They're wishy-washy on everything. And that's what pisses me off about them so often is that. They're scared of the mayor. Yeah. And I he runs the town. That, yeah. And he's he is, you know, maybe I'm letting Joe off the hook here. But that's just no, my. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. The education, I feel like education is really, really the key. And yeah. that Joey knows this for sure. So that's just the one thing. I just like um, being being honest about what Definitely. we are doing and how we are moving. Because, Joey, we told you we really don't. Like, you sounded like you were confused why we were trying to push this in Boston or what we shouldn't have. When we came to Cambridge, you told us, we told you we were going to push this in Boston and other places in town statewide. And you were down with it. And when we showed you our um, document and talked to you over the phone about it, too, me and Tansi, and explained the breakdown, you were like, wow, okay, I get it. I support that. You said you were going to show up to our meeting. You didn't show up to our meeting. You I was didn't in support Connecticut. The exclusivity. But um, no, something, that, something that you have to realize, Dominique, as well, is that, um, you know, I'm trying to do everything that I can as, as someone who's, like, committed their life to, like, just advocating. Um, and I'm trying to do everything I can. So please don't make me out to be the bad guy because... I'm I'm going to continue to, 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 to try to do it. this. You said you were going to support it, but you didn't support it. You told us you were going to support it statewide and in Boston with us when we spoke on the phone with you as EEs, and then you did not support it. But, so Dominique, you don't represent the whole EE community. You you are a couple I'm, of I people. I don't, but you told and, our group that you were going to support it. And, and I really don't want to argue with you over the phone. People. But um, so that's all I'm saying. Let's just be transparent and honest about it. Absolutely. It. But you guys and, have a and great be strategic as to how you move forward. Thank you. We did, and that's why our audience was very specific, Joey. And we realized that the one to one wasn't going to apply to everyone. You didn't realize that, and we called that out. But you didn't. How so did you get thank the you ordinance? Have a good night. Thank, have a good night. Thank you, Amini. But you didn't call it out. You get paid to do this, and you did not call it out or advocate for change. We did, and you get paid for that. Thank okay. you. And that's why I told her you don't represent equity and Please, equity for uh, economic. Or I, I, I encourage you to continue you to push for equity do. as as we have been. Thank you. We will. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Amini, for calling in. We're the Young Jerks, 617-702-2542. We, this is a place that we sometimes have those uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. Sometimes when it comes to me, I just say, we're done, and we end the show early because I don't want to deal with it. Mm. Joe, are you okay? Are you, uh, you, you want to keep going? Or? I mean, like, people are, people are upset. They, they want It's a heated subject. People, um, this is their livelihood. They're putting absolutely. everything on the line. I totally get it. I think it's a good place to have this conversation. I really do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, people just need to be involved if they want their voice to be heard. They, I'm only one person. Like, I'm, I'm not changing any laws, anything by myself. So, like, you have to go. I get Boston, too. And, and Boston it, you know? is, uh, I mean, I, I've, you, you and I see each other across the state. Like, I don't even do it as much anymore. But I used to, like, during decrim and all those other things, like, I was like the only guy like back then. Like now, there's so many people, and I'm never there. Um, but you know how you go to all these city council hearings, and there's certain cities you're just like, like Peabody and Boston. It's just like you just other cities you go to, and you're like, wow, we're having an effect. We can make a difference. We'll take the call. But some cities, it's it's really hard. And I think Boston is just one of those places that's like a dictatorship, and it's always the mayor in charge. We have a phone call. Someone on the line. Who's on the line? Mike, it's Grant. I had to call back for the first time ever because uh, that was quite an intense uh, discussion there. Yeah, it was. Any, what do you, what do you, uh, any comment on it? So, yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that I entirely respect and understand both perspectives on the Boston situation. And it just, 
having worked with both of these groups over the past eight months and seen how much they care about equity, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to to see that kind of contentious back and forth because I know that both people are coming to this from a place of good faith. And that's why I just wanted to call and say I think that sometimes what people forget in this is that there is very much a divide and conquer strategy by these big corporate guys who see splitting the community as a pathway to facilitating their own profits. And the entire reason why Boston wasn't able to go forward with the equity period is because there's a clause in state law that was hotly debated during the Compromise Committee in the summer of 2017, where RMDs, medical dispensaries, were given co-equal priority with social equity and economic empowerment applicants. And that's why I just wanted to say, in January, we have a chance to approach, whether it's Senator Chang Diaz or otherwise, some legislators to get that fixed and to remove that co-equal priority for these RMDs. And I hope that's something we can all rally around as a community so we can fundamentally restructure this priority and make it legal in every town and city in Massachusetts. I hope so, Grant. I want to thank you for calling in. Um, I want to thank Joseph Gilmore. We've had a lot of good calls. Irving called in, uh, Chauncey Spencer, Lady J, and Omanique. Chauncey and Omanique really uh, brought it to the heat a little bit. And I, I agree 100% with what you were saying, Grant. 100%. Where thank the you, Mike. I'm really oh, I'm grateful ahead. for the opportunity to call in. I want to let you guys talk. I just wanted to, again, say I hope I get to see some of you guys on Friday at 6 p.m. at 45 Mount Auburn Street. And I'm looking forward to this excellent event. I'm looking forward to it at uh, 45 Mount Auburn Street. And it allows me to get out of ladies' night. Or girls' night, which would be a nightmare for me because, you know, I'd be, in, you know, being bossed around, and which I hate. <laughs> you imagine me at the at the girls' night, Grant? I, uh, I, I can imagine you'd probably prefer being with the dogs. <laughs> you got it, bro. Six one seven seven zero two two five four two, and I like I like the calls from our callers. I like all the calls that we got today. So thank you again for Grant for uh, being a guest on the show and calling back and, and, and keeping us going. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Joe, Mike, have a great night. Joe, I'll talk to you very soon. All right, man. And uh, again, the, the event is uh, this Friday night, 6 p.m., 45 Mount Auburn Street, and it's a boycott of Revolutionary Clinics. I think, every, you know, there was some heat tonight, but I think everyone agrees that they deserve a boycott. I don't think anyone's going to be divided maybe we should just stick to that for the phone calls from now on do you support this boycott 617-702-2542 yeah we're a bunch you know you can call me a stoner medical patient whatever you want to call me but i'm down to boycott this big cannabis big dispensary revolutionary clinics and i think you should be too and a lot of the community i think should come out to this uh we have some city councilors coming out uh, some local growers, we got some local entrepreneurs, people who have been underground and uh, been supplying people for this whole time, um, people who, who have been affected by the war on drugs, um, as well as, I know someone from the New England Craft Cannabis Alliance, who's from down in Connecticut, who wants to come down and, and show, show their support. So uh, really just trying to get anybody who 
really loves good weed and doesn't want to pay a, a crap load of money for it um, and uh, you know believes that there needs to be a change in what's going on in cannabis uh, because that's what that's what they're really after. They're after us. I'm looking forward to it. You know, beyond the good cause, I'm also looking forward to seeing the good people like Ed D'Souza, uh, Beantown Greentown, Grant, uh, the city councilors. I've never met, uh, I don't want to screw her name up. Siddiqui. Siddiqui. Yes. I've never met uh, her, but I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. But Quentin, I always love seeing him. He's a good guy. Uh, so we can't, I'm looking forward to this. Friday night, 45 Mount Auburn Street, 6 p.m., democracy center be there show up i may even have some gifts too for uh people that show up that are friends of the show let me know if, if you see me there say i'm a friend of the show and we'll see what we can come up with i'm gonna bring uh last time i did an event i brought up uh, like a bunch of t-shirts some cannabis i gave i get a little i give away stuff now when i go out so show up and tell me you're a friend of the show and show up to this thing and, and we'll see what kind of gift bags i have for you we got another call. Who's on the phone? I love giving away free cannabis, by the way. Let them put that hey, on a flyer. On. Hey, come on. Who? Who's this? Where are we going? Lauren Bethesda. Who is it? Am I calling the right number? Lauren. Yeah. Lauren this Lauren. Oh, Lauren. Uh, Pepsi. You sounded yeah, mumble. I, for, you, your phone makes you sound like Donna Hackett. That's who I thought it was. <laughs> I probably sound like Donna Hackett. What's that? My life. What's up, Mikey? She's my hero. Yeah, go ahead. I love her. Go ahead. Yeah, me too. Um, so I've just been watching the show. It's been a good show so far, and uh, support the boycott and all. Um, I don't know if I can make it to the event, but granted, invite me. Um, one thing that annoys me about revolutionary clinics is that it's where out of the blue used to be. It's what? It's where the out of the blue gallery used to be oh. in Central. Oh, in Central? It's in that old Central location across from the Middle East? Yeah. Area? They're over there now? Where artist spaces were. Yeah, they've been opening right over there. Oh, and I didn't even know that. That's so funny. I, I, that yeah. shows you how long I've been. I haven't been to Cambridge. It's so yeah, weird. Right. I lived there for so long. Yeah. I, have, I don't know. Yeah. I think so. They have the location yeah. there, right? Is I'm not sure if that's where they anticipated having their adult use, but looks like they're not going to have it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, no, they got they got the sign there and everything. I mean, they bought that, that space. Yeah. That's what it, it got sold to, Revolutionary Clinics. Right. So and it used to be so, out of the blue art gallery. It was an art gallery. Right. And it was sort of a gathering spot for local artists and hippies. a lot of old EMS For all the hippies. And... <laughs> yeah. Well, hippies that didn't have money anyway. <laughs> so... You know, the other thing that it reminds me of when I walk by it, hanging out in Central, is that it's a symbol of gentrification, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. You know, these, like, big business dispensaries coming out and kicking out the little guy. And I would right. much rather some local shop. Uh, shop open up there in that space if they have to, you know, push somebody local out to get it. So I support what you guys are doing, and I appreciate y'all doing a show about this. Is this the right show? You have your own show now. Maybe I'll call in and say <laughs> that on your show. Renters Rising. You should. Well, what's it? Wait, should, I get right? Renters, Renters Radio. Renters like, Radio. Excuse me. Yeah. So you have your own show. What is it? Friday night, Saturday nights, what night? Is Monday it? night. Monday night. Tomorrow okay. night. Tomorrow night. And uh, how do you yeah. listen to that? You, you, you're you on your Facebook group? I'm just following you, Mike. I'm doing the same thing. Facebook Live and podcast later. Works. That works. And you, you yeah, obviously know. people know you, Lauren. Pespiza, you used to be yeah. co-host in the show, Young Jerks, Pepsi, as we call yeah. you. I, so are you supporting this boycott? You're not going to be shopping at Revolutionary Clinics, I'm guessing? Oh, absolutely 
absolutely not. Yeah, I support the boycott 100%. I don't go to dispensaries. Thank you for calling, Pepsi. In general. I don't have the money for that. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, any anytime you're going to stick it to, you know, the big guys who are stopping the little guys from getting ahead, um, obviously I support that. And I just want to give a shout-out to Grant Smith because he's kept everyone super informed about this, too. He's been hitting me up about it. So mm. Cool. Um, thank you, and uh, thank you for supporting the boycott and calling in, Lauren Pepsi. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Hope you get thank home you. safe. It's starting to snow. I know. We're worried. And I don't want to say that, <laughs> that, that there are no like good dispensaries that exist, like there are no no good dispensaries at well, all. There because th- there are a couple that have like specifically... Up in Maine. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, there are some. But we're, like, we're... for instance, like Theory Wellness is pretty good. They, they specialize in small craft cultivation and they have like a social equity program where they're putting money towards, towards the social equity. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's funny because someone... You know, we'll 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 get we'll get these sort of things with MRCC where, where where they're like, I don't like what you're doing, and like, if you don't continue, if you don't stop what you're doing, I'm gonna go to your sponsors and I'm gonna tell them that you're a bad organization, right? Okay, like we only have like two big dispensary sponsors. We're sponsored by local organizations. That sounds and, very familiar. Absolutely. You know it, you know why? I I yeah. So you know why, right? Uh, and happened <laughs> to me so many times. Oh right, yeah. right, and. Like so. That's well, why so wait, you're gonna you're gonna like uh, stop me from sponsoring my own show? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. Oh boy. Not not to shit on all dispensaries. There are a couple that are good. I, I guess it's really hard for people with a lot of money to. I I, I hate one man boycotts. That's that's my like I got met like I came out um, in support of Kirk Minahan re- recently because of that because he's getting boycotted by one person and I don't even like Kirk Minahan's show whatever. Just I Who's hate that? the one person boycott. He's a right winger. He's, uh, he's he's guy who uh whatever. Yeah. Who's on the phone? We got another Hello? phone call. What's up? Hey, what's going on, man? I just wanted to call into the podcast. What's up? Thank you for calling. What's Who's your this? name? My name's Mike. This no is problem. Joe. Who's this? No problem, man. My artist name is Too Smooth, man, from Boston, man. I just wanted to call in, man. I hear you guys talking about equity and everything, man. I support MRTC and Dark Media Matters. Those guys are the man, you know what I'm saying? They they really put on for the community. There's not a lot of support for black people out there, man. So I appreciate what you guys are doing, man. It's hard for black and brown people. You know, um, we just want to stand up for the community. Joe, Dark Media Matters, they do this all the time, man. They're like the biggest people in the community doing this. Um, I know they got. I know Dark Media has a, a event coming up, I think, next Friday. You know, I'm going to be there. I, I'm going I'm to definitely try to be there, but I know everybody in the community is going to be there. They're always putting on for the city, man. We really want to make things happen, man, put on for the city. So shout out to people like that making change, man. They're, they're the realists, man. They're the GOAT, man. Fuck with them, man. Shout out to y'all. Thank you for calling in. Too smooth your first time calling in to our show, The Young Jerks. Um, I want to ask you about, because we're talking about this boycott that's going on, that uh, Joe's group uh, is leading, uh, Mass Consumer a mass Recreational Consumer Council. It's this Friday night, yep. 45 Mount Auburn Street in Cambridge. They're doing an event, but they're announcing like a boycott of revolutionary clinics, a dispensary. I've already been boycotting them for a while, but I mean, I'm making it official. I'm not going there. Would you ever step foot in that place right now? Man, uh, I'm not. I'm against the dispensaries right now, man. I think we need we need more local business owners, man. We need to step up for the community. They need to. Sign those host agreements for all the people in the community 
pass more local business owners, man, because these big companies keep trying to step in and monopolize on our local communities, and they're not making changes that we really need for the people in the community that need jobs and need opportunities. You know, we know all about this. We can grow, we can grow and we know all about the, the finest, you know, um, marijuana and whatnot. So I really think these people in the community, black and brown people, should have an opportunity, and we need to boycott all the big companies, man, because we don't need any more monopolies in Boston, man. There's already too many. Thank you for calling. That was a great call. I hope you uh, follow us on our all, all our social media, at the Young Jerks. Thank you for calling in, Too Smooth. Young Jerks, shout out y'all, man. MRTC, Dark Matters. I appreciate y'all, man. Have a good night. You too. All right. And stay safe. That's what we got to tell everyone because it's snowing out. And, like, as soon as we got here, (laughs) I was like, it's not really going to snow. It's not going to snow. As soon as I pull in, it starts snowing. (laughs) And it's always that way on show nights and weekends. I don't know why. Ever since I started doing the show, my girlfriend does the late night Sunday night show on WAF. And uh, Sunday nights have been the absolute worst. Uh, Like, even when we had that year where it was just storm after, it was always Sunday night, her driving in. Tonight, she's going to have to go in. But I made sure we both got new tires on our car mm. uh, this weekend, and hopefully uh, we'll be good to go, and I don't have to drive her in like I sometimes do. But uh, everybody, be safe driving. It, it is going to be a serious storm. Don't don't uh, underestimate it. I know a lot of times we're like, oh, whatever, it snows all the time. I'm not worried about it. But uh, the first storm, especially around here, a lot of people aren't used to snow because there's always a lot of new uh, transplants, people who moved in, going to college. So don't assume everyone knows how to drive in the snow. Right. 617-702-2542 is our phone number. And we're speaking to Joseph Gilmore with Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. He's gotten a lot of love tonight. He's also taken some tough questions. But uh, it's, I, I, love the, I think this is a great show. We've uh, taken calls from Irving, Chauncey, Lady J, Armanique, uh, Lauren Pespiza, uh, Too Smooth, and... Uh, who else? I think, oh, Grant Smith. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven calls already. Uh, and one of them was only a guest. Like, one was a guest. So six other callers have called in tonight, which is uh, pretty impressive. And people are interested in this. This is about uh, doing a boycott of revolutionary clinics. They're in Somerville and Cambridge because they sue it. they're suing the city of Cambridge for saying, you know what, big cannabis, you've got to wait two years, and we're going to try to uh, let the small guy, the local, the people who have been harmed by the drug war, to have an opportunity here, to, to, to actually have a chance, because these big dispensaries are already open. They already have a leg up on location. They already have a leg up on money. They have a leg up on relationships. They have a leg up on everything. And if it wasn't for this moratorium in Cambridge, they would just monopolize in Cambridge yeah. like they do in other places. And Cambridge decided to do something different and try to give the small guy an opportunity. And for that, they've decided to sue. And, th- and they've decided to scare every other city in town by doing that. They want to protect their investment. They want, you know, they, they uh, want to continue their the, monopoly. The monopoly. They want to continue their the monopoly. The game, the rigging, the, uh, the money, the money spent. And, and as I was saying, it should be the opposite. If these guys really had any sense, they would expand the market because they're getting killed. And they're not getting killed by... Uh, social equity they're not getting killed by economic empowerment they're getting killed by the traditional market yeah exactly by the state that. of maine and they're never going <laughs> to yeah. have a chance if they continue this big cannabis cartel because most of the callers that have been calling in 
they've been boycotting already. Right. And it's not because of this lawsuit even we're talking about. It's because of the prices. It's because of the, the business practices. Right. Because we all see what it is. We, we've been watching it. And we see who these people are. And they sit there with their friggin' billboard on Route 93 looking their nose at us, telling us to get it right. They need to get it right. And, you know, like I said, uh, someone also called out some, you know, some people of color who are in power who, who are also kind of getting the preferential treatment, maybe. I mean, it seems like um, Cabral might be. But, you know, people say that about Tito. I haven't seen that Tito's open. I haven't seen Tito get a license. Tito seems to be in line with everyone else. But I would also give the advice to Tito and others like him, if he's listening, um, to speak up more and say, you know what, everyone needs to get to open. You know, we should add more licenses, not not try to just uh, limit it, you know, to add even more. I think we need to, I think, law, I think, to change the yeah, law, I, to, I, to get rid of the buffer zone. Number have, one, we half have to mile speak. buffer zone is ridiculous. We can't just Boston. say something that we think is going to fit in their box. We have to shoot for the moon in That's order right. to land on the stars. Like, we can't just push for, even like pushing for a year exclusivity, two years exclusively. We should like try to fight ultimately towards indefinite exclusivity for like certain license types for people who have been harmed because even if we just if, if it's a year or two years only people who time. have their shit yeah. together in those yeah, two years, two years are it be seems good. like a long time but it's really not in this game um you know and i like um what chauncey and almanique were pushing because i did see their proposal and i really did like it and i think that it would be a good time for some of those leaders to bring that up and say hey you know what this is a good idea we should be looking at going further and like what joe's saying shoot for the moon Always. Like. There, there are proposals out there. There are things we can do. Uh, again, our number, 617-702-2542. We're about to wrap it up, but if you want to call in, uh, if there's any comments that I missed that, you know, need airing, definitely call in. Or, or just leave another comment on our, on our Facebook uh, Live. Maybe you leave a comment on Twitter, too. We're on Twitter now as well, live on Twitter. At uh, the Young Jerks, J-U-R-K-S, if you want to uh, follow us there as well. You can also uh, follow us on midnightmass.substack.com. That's our website. We post a lot of stories. Grant Smith writes for us as well over there. Definitely uh, leave your email. Subscribe to that so you keep up with everything that we're doing. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, a couple Facebook groups, The Young Jerks and also Patients uh, Over Profits. The Young Jerks uh, Facebook group is getting pretty popular now too. So uh, keep posting all your stories. Check that out. Like, you know, join the group if you haven't already. We share a lot of content there uh, during the week as well. I want to uh, mention that we have some great shows upcoming. Stick around. I'm not even going to announce it, but uh, next week we have a great candidate running for U.S. Congress. Oh, and, that? Uh, we'll, we'll mention it because like, I don't want to get the name wrong. I don't have it written down. <laughs> Let's just. Is he from that, from West? No, it's a fe it's a it's a uh, female candidate. Okay. She's she's Muslim, I believe, too. So. Mm. And she might win, so that will be all the hints. Uh, some people will probably already know. But, uh, again, our phone number is 617-702-2542 if you want to call in. Um, but we have some other you know, guest announcements we'll be making over the next few weeks, too, I'm sure. So we're uh, talking to quite a few uh, different uh, folks that we can't wait to have on the show. We're always working on things. Um, but, again, our phone number. Put it in your phone if it's not there. I always say it, 617-702-2542. If you miss us tonight, you can always call in later. Uh, we're live every Sunday, a, little, a few minutes after 5. We were pretty good today. I think we started right around 5.05, uh, so about around 5 p.m. every Sunday. You'll find us live on our Facebook Live and our Twitter. 
I want to thank Murphy behind the board, Ryan Murphy. I want to thank. Uh, I think I think we sounded good today too. I think we're looking good. No one's complained about the sound or oh, anything. Nice. So oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, me too. I had a naughty. I threw a microphone like three weeks oh ago. Oh, like, we've had a few shows in a row. This has been pretty calm. The only heat anyone's gotten today is like you on the phone calls. But <laughs> I love it. I'm just like this is awesome. I'm not getting mad at anyone. No one's mad at me. I haven't thrown anything. I don't know. We're getting a lot of good calls, too. So I, I think this is a good show, too. I want to thank you again for coming in. Uh, he's the president of Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council, uh, Joseph Gilmore. How old are you right now, Joe, if you don't mind me asking? I look young. You're young. I, I, 30s? I, I look young. I'm, I'm going to throw look, it up there. I'm 26. Okay. That's what I'd say. I was, let's say mid to late 20s. Yes. I like that you're a young person who's very active, uh, getting shit done. Um but you, you spent time with us t tonight, and you did take some tough calls. Is that, that's not going to dissuade you from coming back here again and oh, take calls, right? This is the show. This is the show where, back? like, uh, you, we didn't where, where, you where, where, where tough conversations happen. I, I think that uh, that was, like, kind of, like, I don't know. I could I could talk about that offline. But, um, no, I, I really appreciate what, what, what you do here, and uh, it's important to have, like, an open dialogue. Go ahead. Because some people come on and they take the calls and they can't handle it and then they don't come back on. Or they get mad. That happened one time. Like, you know who I'm talking about? Ryan's over there looking. I don't know if he knows. John Hugo. You remember him? Oh, he ended up being one of the uh, Proud Boy dudes. He, oh, ran, yeah. he came in as a Republican uh, running for Congress and pretending that he was actually more progressive and moderate than he really was. Yeah, people do. They and he was, like, kind of bashing on Trump. And it's funny because, like, he came on our show and he got it from both sides. Like the left wing called up and called him a pig and, and, and they, they called him all kinds of names and he got really mad at me. Like I set it up and I'm like, dude, we have open phone lines. Anyone can call in. They could call me names. My biggest stalker could call in. It's just, if you want to deal with that, that's our show. Like we don't yeah. hide. It was, uh, we, it was anticipated. We take like every call. Of the month, yeah. Right? Like, and, and, uh, and he got really mad about that. But what he really should have been mad out is that we got him to say stuff against Trump. And then over the next couple months, tr local mass Trumpers found it on Twitter, and <laughs> like, they kept playing it and say, "How could he go on this awful young jerk show? And look how awful all, the, all these things he said against Trump." <laughs> now he's the leader of the straight that's fraud. Why, that's crew. how media is great. Use use people's words against. Them. Yeah, yeah, and and then we got to use against uh, his words against him that he basically came on our show and lied, and pretended to be something he wasn't when he was running for office, and even admitted that later on, like when local activists called him out on it. They said, you came on the Young Jerks and you acted like you were somewhat progressive. And he's like, yeah, that one, I'm not sure if John said this, but one of those folks, it might've been him or one of his friends said, yeah, that was when we had to pretend, you know, when we were running for office. Now we don't have to pretend anymore. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'm not a fraud. I, I, you know, that to me, like, you know, John Hugo, you can say all the things against a straight fried group, but uh, why do you got to be a fraud about it? Like you come on our show and you're you lie. I mean that's just to me. Shame that, on you. Yeah, dude. Whoever that dude. I, I know you're talking about. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. He's a cab driver. <laughs> uh, Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. <laughs> I'm laughing now at John Hugo, not not you. <coughs> I'm coughing a little bit. And I'm looking. You got some good bud. Yeah. Or is that my bud? It looks no, like mine. this is some locally grown, oh. some Cape Cod bud. It almost looks like something I'd find from Maine. It's like the same exact envelope I get like from Maine. Amazing. We can smoke oh. right after this. Oh, yeah. That smells nice. 
I think we're going to smoke some of that. Well, I think we're going to take a break. No, actually, <laughs> we're not even going to take a break. We're going to end the show. See how excited I am? Look at that. <laughs> Dank ethics. This is all that gets me going now is, is the bud I get. We have a lot of, I have some good bud, too, to share with nice. you. So, All right, I want to thank Joseph Gilmore, again, coming on. Uh, Joe Gilmore, Joseph Gilmore, Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. Uh, again, sh people need to show up Friday night, 6 p.m. I'm going to be there. 45 Mount Albert Street, and I'm going to have some things to give away. Yeah, we need to make a statement yeah. as, as the community, as like, all right, we've had enough of this. Like, this is where we're drawing the line. And, like, if you're going to fight against the people who were designated to, like, benefit from this law and, and you're fighting for your profits over those people, then we're, we're putting an end. We're drawing a line in the sand. And if you smoke good, as DJ Slim would say, I think this is a good place to go because I'm looking at my Beantown Green Town, my Ed D'Souza. Like, we've got some people there who know how to smoke good. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing my people, uh, sharing some good bud. We are the market. Yeah, we're, we're the people. So Friday night, 6 p.m., uh, Democracy Center, Harvard Square, Cambridge, 45, uh, 45 Mount Auburn Street. It's easy to find. You just get off the tee right there, Harvard Square. You're there. I hope to see people there at 6 p.m. I'll be there definitely. Uh, some other great uh, city councils will be there. The movement is going to be there with Joe uh, Friday night. So hopefully we see people there Friday night, five, uh, 6, 6 p.m. Excuse me. Our show's at 5, but 6 p.m. That's right. And we'll be back next Sunday at 5 p.m. too. So uh, Friday night, 6 p.m. You can come early for Center. some extracurricular activities. Uh, we'll probably be setting up if you want to help out. And That's yeah. right. So check us out. Six. And we'll definitely be there. So we hope to see people there. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners. I want to thank uh, the commenters. Dan Adams for commenting uh, some good things too. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just reading more comments, seeing if there's anything good uh, that I should be, you know, reading before we go but but i want to thank dan adams too for uh commenting as well shout out to the globe shout out to dark matters media yeah dark matters media and all the good callers i'm going to read them again irving chauncey lady J, Dominique, lauren uh too smooth and of course smooth. Grant smith smooth with a v is it did i say it wrong smooth yeah oh smooth i was saying too smooth yeah. <laughs> oh man that's pretty funny i screw up a lot right. too smooth see yeah. i can't say smooth it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> i've heard uh, too smooth i like that though <laughs> he got me so again yeah i'm you know what to uh i'm gonna say too smooth if you call in again correct me if i'm wrong because i i like to be corrected i don't want to keep Repeating the same era over and over and over again. Thank you, Joe. Uh, so we're out of here. We're the Young Jerks. We're uh, Sunday, 5 p.m. We'll see you next Sunday. Mike Crawford signing out. Thank you, Joseph Gilmore. Let's go smoke some of that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Jeff from Brennan's Smoke Shop, and I wanted to thank Governor Baker personally for proving the theory that the pen is mightier than the sword. With one vicious swing of his mighty sword, he cut down all of the tobacco industry's competition in the Commonwealth. Charlie, why? Forcing consumers to the black market and gray market. The very market, from what I understand, is making people sick. I'd also like to give the vape industry a big round of applause. Welcome to the show, vape industry! Lawyer up. <laughs>